guys. Greetings. I was going to say good morning, but I don't know when you're going to be listening to this. I just wanted to stop by and tell you I really miss you guys, first and foremost. Um, navigating through the last few weeks have definitely been a new normal. <laughs> when I said that, I was like, it just hit me. Like, why does the word normal even exist? But anyway, that's a whole nother conversation. But navigating through the last few weeks have really been challenging for us, whether it's locally, nationally, and globally. Um, so it's crazy, right? Um, we, whether entrepreneur or whether we're in the tech space or innovation space or learning to navigate through these things. Um, a lot of us are learning to pivot. A lot of us are learning to persevere. A lot of us are still in the same space, but we are all going through something, right? And I think the scary part about this is the fact that, well, for me personally, um, because we're pivoting in different spaces, like it brings up a new challenge character-wise, which is questioning ourselves to ask whether we belong to a space or not. Um, and it's so funny because today's guest is gonna, is Vanessa Parker. She's the founder of Pink Boss, The Pink Boss. Um, we actually did this interview last month. And just because it's been crazy, we're finally dropping out this episode. And we're really excited because this is so fitting for the time we're in as we are adjusting to new, new things, right? Um, or new ways of doing things. Um, I'm excited because this this episode means a lot to me as a person that has struggled and is still navigating through imposter syndrome um, and learning to build confidence because when you work in innovative spaces, things are constantly changing, right? And you have to be able to think forward, before thinking. Um, so yeah, um, today's episode is very fitting for that. So... A good thing about Vanessa, I really love her because she's very transparent. I've, um, from the times I've um, met her, I've met her through uh, an event, a dinner, um, where we all dis- I met a lot of amazing ladies where we all discuss our path or what we were up to. And from the time I've met Vanessa, she has really, like, I feel like every time I meet her, whether it's for five seconds or five minutes, she like has me pondering on things. Like she. <laughs> discussed once once one time we were having lunch and she talked about burnt out burnout and I went home and I was like wait a minute I think I'm going through a burnout right and that helped me navigate through having a pulse learning to pulse have a pulse on myself to know when to stop um so that I don't like crash um, yeah, so she is a nurturer, and I couldn't think of anyone better to talk about imposter syndrome right now. Um, she's very self-aware, she's very transparent, and um, this is really exciting. Um, one thing that I decided to do while prepping for this interview, just in case people might be wondering, like, what is imposter syndrome? Why do we need it? Like, why do we need to even talk about it? Um, because like a lot of people are coming out now and sharing about the ways they felt in the workplace. And sometimes 
that could be a whole different episode. Sometimes it challenges us to think like, well, maybe I'm not really good at this. Or maybe not. Like, um, studies have actually shown that nearly 70% of individuals will experience signs and symptoms of imposter syndrome at least once in their lifetime. So a lot of us sometimes are going through a period of imposter syndrome and we are really unaware. So yeah, um, one thing I did notice while listening to this interview, (laughs) I talk way more than I usually talk. And I was like, man, I really wish I asked more questions. Um, But um, you will have an opportunity if you have more questions or if you're wondering. Vanessa actually has a platform you can visit. It's called The Pink Boss. She has a Facebook page. She has a website. And she's also on Instagram. And she also does classes. Um, I think she's done classes through General Assembly in Atlanta about imposter syndrome like if you ever get a chance to you should definitely check her out um so without further ado here is vanessa vanessa hi how are you good how about you good good so um Basically, it is already recording live, just FYI. Awesome. Okay. Well, I'm really grateful that you had you said yes to being part of our podcast. I'm super grateful for you, and I'm grateful that we have a pop platform, um, the Ping Boss platform, and even that you get to we get to talk to someone that talks about imposter syndrome. So I'm here for this, and thank you for your time. So before we get started, can Can you you tell us a little bit? Yes. Can you hear me good? Yes. Okay. Before we get started, is it okay if you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So hmm, I am raised in Warner Robins, Georgia. I Mm -hmm. am an only child um, and have been an entrepreneur for shoot, I can't even remember. In high school, I had some business ideas then too. So always grew up with entrepreneurs around my family and um, friends' Mm -hmm. families. So I always knew it was something in the back of my head I would do, just didn't know how Mm -hmm. I would navigate there. Um, I currently work Mm -hmm. as a project manager for an IT company here in Atlanta, where I help our digital team. So it's kind of an agency Mm -hmm. within a, a company, but I manage all of their projects. My husband and I have businesses, so our business is Divas in Defense. We teach self-defense training for women and girls, and then we license that program out. So we have several trainers that have taken our course, and they teach in their cities. And I, my part of the business is managing um, all of our trainers um, that have taken our courses and teach and making sure that they have some business development training and things. So I do that with them mm-hmm. uh, monthly. And then I have a business called Pink Boss. So Pink Boss is where I do all my speaking engagements. Um, it's where I talk about imposter syndrome and business. You know, at, there was a time when I tried to focus only on one thing, but I realized that I, my skill set is in so many things. So Pink Boss is kind, kind of my place in the world where I can do all those things to help people. That's really cool. Yeah. You know, hearing you speak, I like the comfort. I appreciate hearing your story because I think what's really cool, it does something to me or to anyone when we are figuring out life and we're like, wait, there's someone out there doing these things, right? 
So I, if, you know, if right. they can do it, I can do it, you know, because, yep. <laughs> yeah, because um, I also do project management. Um, we do a lot. <laughs> and, you know, often there's like, there are different people that believe different things. People always talk about, you need to focus on one thing. But the way our lives are set up, is not always like, it's not a cookie cutter, right? Um, so Correct. like, what do you feel like helps you to be in each of these spaces and be present? Um, it took a, it took work to get Mm -hmm. here. So I'm 39. Mm -hmm. So when I started in business, having an office space, made you do, made you a business owner or a location, um, meeting your clients at Starbucks was a Mm -hmm. thing, um, giving a business card that, or going to a networking event and saying, all three of your businesses made you look a little schizophrenic, like you couldn't do all of it at once. I've had to, yeah, I've had, I've had to pivot because I don't believe we live in a world where you're one Mm -hmm. thing. I think that, yes, you should focus, especially depending on what your goals are for your business. But I think that me being able to lean in on my skill set and recognizing what I what my success level is for mm-hmm. myself is how allows me to do all those things. It allows me to pivot when I need to it allows me to take the break when I need to. So I think doing the work and figuring out myself, mm-hmm. what I like, what I'm good mm-hmm. at. Um, and then leaning in when I'm, I'm productive and those things that I, wherever my goals are at mm-hmm. the time. That's true. It, I think what hit me one time was when I was telling, I was sharing my story with some doctors and like how I got into the innovation space and, you know, like sharing like all the things that I do and what like the light bulb hit me when, cause I always thought doctors, like they wanted to be doctors. They are okay with being doctors their right. whole life. And after I was done talking, one of them, one of them, like they're, they're well known in that community. He walked up to me and say, I don't even know like what I want to do with my life right and I was like what are you serious so like people portray him as the person that is the it, like he's securing his space you know like but it doesn't mean that he wants to do this for the rest of his life so like things are always ever-changing and I like the way you said leaning in you know to yourself I think that's very important yeah um yeah so do you uh have you ever met people that are in different spaces like you well first of all I really like I don't want to jump all over the place because as I was going through your website and reading your articles a lot of goodies to read (laughs) by the way (laughs) I like how you said when you went back to work and um people looked up your LinkedIn profile and also were asking you for business tips um I don't know if you do you remember that (laughs) yeah like so you never know how your story unfolds like um so basically my question is to you like what do you wish you had known when you were starting out into um well not really like not really um divas in defense but more like the pink boss um platform um i wish someone would have told me that it's okay to pivot 
Mm -hmm. I wish I would have um, defined what success looks like for me. Mm -hmm. Because I think that I made money in Pink Boss, right? Like Pink Boss has been, but it's more, it was more of a passion. So I felt like because I never defined what I wanted to do with it, Mm -hmm. I was always chasing what other people were doing in their business. Mm -hmm. So like if I want at at one time, I was going to focus solely on being, um, doing business consulting. Mm -hmm. And so I follow all the business consultants and they had all these online classes and they had these, these um, programs and courses that they provided and um, $1,500 and $5,000 coaching pr- uh, packages. And I tried to do that, but it just wasn't me. And it just mm-hmm. wasn't what I wanted to do. So I really wish that someone would have said, find your own path. And mm. so it's good to look at your competitors, right? And look at what's going on in the industry. But it's like putting those blinders on and finding yeah. your own path was um, super important. I wish someone would have said that to me earlier. Yeah, I think that what I appreciate about you, you're very like upfront, like burnt. Like I I feel like if we sit down for 30 minutes, you're about to give me a, a like this is what happened to me and therefore this is my advice. And I need to hear that. Anyone needs to hear that because I think I was talking to someone and when you're starting out, it's a very isolating space at times because you're trying to figure it out. And it kind of seems like everyone else has it figured out. Like you said, the people like the business coaches, they're offering these packages. And I'm like, and even I think I read in your article, like some people like their photos are perfect on social media. (laughs) (laughs) So you're like, I feel that. And so like, I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Because I'm doing all these things and I'm not seeing the same impact or effect, you know, so that's why I really love how you have created a safe space to discuss imposter syndrome, right? Yeah. So um, before we get started, how would you define imposter syndrome? So imposter syndrome is the feeling of not being able to internalize your successes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not raising your hand when you know the answer to something because you're afraid of being judged or that mm-hmm. um, you have low self-confidence in what you're going to say. Even if you really step back and know that you know what you're talking about, you're an expert in your field, you've been studying it a long time. Um, so again, not being able to kind of own your own power and internalize that success. What drew you to speaking about imposter syndrome? So I have been a public speaker for over 10 years now. And one of my best friends, so I, you know, getting your presentation together and practicing and all of that. I was sitting Mm -hmm. down with the best, my best friend and telling her that um, every time I prepare for a workshop or a presentation, Mm -hmm. I always prepare for a heckler or someone who's going to stand up and call BS on all of the things I just said. And she said, oh, my God, that's the imposter syndrome. And I had never heard that term before. And this was probably four years ago. So it wasn't Mm -hmm. a buzzword. There wasn't a whole lot of talk about it like you see now. Um, Mm -hmm. So I immediately went home and went to Google and Googled Mm -hmm. imposter syndrome and just started reading research and understanding that I wasn't alone. And then really Mm -hmm. thinking about through times that I felt like an imposter um, I do mm-hmm. not believe it ever really goes away, though. I think that you learn triggers. You can identify if you mm-hmm. have it, learn what triggers you to have those feelings, and then you can combat it with certain tips and tools. But I don't think it ever goes away. 
And I think that mm-hmm. um, because of that, and I just started talking about it, right? So I started mm-hmm. talking about it to a lot of people at events, networking things. And I met so many people who felt the same way, but never had the terminology, never knew what it was, never knew that anyone else felt like them. And I really believe that I, imposter syndrome thrives in isolation. Self-doubt mm. thrives when oh, we quarter. are by ourselves, <laughs> right? So I feel like yeah. that is one of my purposes in life. I know I think I have a lot of things and skill sets, but I think that my purpose really is to create these discussions around it so that mm. we can all come together and like try to just, we're not alone, you know, just try to understand that we're not alone. That is like so true. I think, well, for me, I still struggle with it, uh, but it was crippling to me when I first discovered that I had imposter syndrome Right. Um, to the point that um, like one of my friends, um, he, he, do you know the Zucat Gallery yes, in Atlanta? Yes, I do. Yeah, so I, I work, I've worked with one of the owners there, right? So we would like do pitches, right? And I'll do a lot of research and I, I did over, I overly worked, right? Right. To the, but by the time I got to our pitches, so what we would do with our projects um, is like each initiative we're working on, we would always like practice our p- pitches every Tuesday. So by the time we get to the investors, we'll be more confident, right? to like pitch what we've been working on our projects or whatever. But every single time, no matter what I did, by the time it was my turn, I would eat my words and I would just be like, I did not make sense (laughs) at all. Mm -hmm. all. To the point that he actually, um, he called me and he was like, look, we know that you are doing your work but you're struggling. Usually it's the opposite. Sometimes people, they can't stop talking, but you, you have a lot to say, but you can't even talk, right. you know? Mm-hmm. So I've had to work with that and he's helped me. And it's, that's another thing. It's rare to find people that have created a safe space, especially in a working environment. Well, for me anyway, I can't say for everyone, like, especially in a working environment where like there, it's very like, safe to like grow as you're figuring life out or whatever but yeah he's helped me tremendously um so that I could be more confident um I still struggle but it was really bad before and also um well well I forgot what I was gonna say but cool yeah that's that's my story yeah no it's important Uh, and I I think there are more safe places Mm -hmm. Um, But two things have to happen. Either you have to be vulnerable enough, vulnerable enough to admit it and say it out loud to make sure the people come to you that can help. Or Mm -hmm. people have to be willing to step out and help those. So two things either have to happen. I do believe there are more safe places, but I think that especially as black in our black community, being vulnerable is looked at as weak. Yeah. And so we don't want to say I'm struggling in business or life or with my kids or with, you know, any mental illness, whatever. Like we don't want to say those things. So we can't find the safe places because we're not willing to say them out loud or to seek the help. So I do believe more safe places exist, but Mm -hmm. I don't think that they are promoted enough for us because that we don't seek them. 
That's a good thought. I, yeah, it's so true you say that because it makes me think of like a few years ago, I started having panic attacks, right? It's because I was holding everything in a lot to the point that I couldn't take it anymore, you know? And I started going to therapy and she helped me like draw things out. I was going through a lot of trauma, but yeah, that's so true. Um, And I do remember the other thing that I was going to say, too, is um, I know, like, I listen to Mylika a lot, but she talked about if you are already in the room, you know, there's no one that you don't really need to, like, focus on impressing, but, like, doing your best is because people believe that you offer value. That's why you're there anyway. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But I've had to fight through a lot of those insecurities just to be like, okay, Christelle, I'm still fighting. My therapist knows. <laughs> right. But uh, I don't think oh. it ever goes away. Right. I think, I think now you have to build up your uh-huh. confidence. Right. And it's, it's a creating an action list of things that will help you build that. Um, mm-hmm. But I believe it's being able to recognize what triggers it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, imposter syndrome is triggered most times when a life event happens, you lose a job or you're looking for a new job, or you're pivoting to a different career, or you're starting a business, and you're getting divorced, you're having kids, it's like different life changes will trigger it. And if you know that it's almost like getting prepared for it um, before it happens. Yeah, that's true. So it's like your brain or whatever keeps repeating that same, like trauma, you know, subconsciously. Yeah. Um, let's see. <sighs> wow, I just feel like I had a, a five minute therapy <laughs> session about <laughs> the stuff that I go through. Yeah, and also like sometimes like it's hard for people to even identify that's what they're going through. Do you are you able to see or like is it easier for you now because you've done this research and you've been able to get comfortable around imposter syndrome to be like These are the three things that can trigger, like you said, it could happen again. It doesn't always go away. Like, are you able to like identify it? In myself, yes. Um, Okay. I do, I I think one of my great skill sets is I can self-reflect. Doesn't always Mm -hmm. mean I change, but I do self-reflect. So I do think that I can recognize it myself, Um, but I've been doing this work for almost four years now where I've been speaking Mm -hmm. and either a survey has gone out or I've asked questions of the audience and I've been trying to keep all that research and um, Mm -hmm. it's been a common thread for a lot of people. So life-changing events um, and, and I've also um, written out tools and tips that I have used and given those to people and Mm -hmm. challenged them to use that and receive feedback of if they worked or you know, what changes they made. So I do believe there's a common thread of uh, most people and when it triggers. Um, The Mm -hmm. other thing that I want to say is sometimes it really hits you because there's a a small sliver of truth in there, right? So let me give you an example. Mm -hmm. If someone said, um, you're not, or, or you don't go up for, someone gives you a promotion at work. Mm-hmm. And you feel like mm-hmm. you don't deserve it because you don't um, do as much work as you think, right? So mm-hmm. that imposter feeling is because 
you're maybe you're not doing as much work, right? So then do more work. It's like, or if there's a certification yeah. that you think you need, because most people in this field have this certification and you feel like an imposter because you don't have it, then go get the certification. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like sometimes, sometimes yeah. that feeling is because you feel inadequate at something, but then go do the thing, go do the work. If you do feel inadequate, it's a difference between really being an expert and having the knowledge or um, not feeling like you have enough knowledge in that industry, then go get it, you know? So it's like, sometimes you got to combat it with just some action. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. And like, what I appreciate is you, it sounds, it sounds like you do a lot of internal conversations to become self-aware um, but like as we walk through the process of why we're feeling why we're how we're feeling we're able to identify what we need like you said as I walk through why do, why am I feeling this way is it because I don't have a certification so now that I know I can do something about it um yeah because like those emotions when I go through them they're paralyzing oh, yeah okay like <laughs> I'm like, ah, my brain is going like a hundred miles an hour. Um, I need to focus. But yeah, I, I don't really do well at journaling, but I can sit down and, and like talk to myself and evaluate. Ooh. Do you journal? So, oh my God, I have a tool. The thing is called Day One uh -huh. is the app that I use. Okay. So I am not good with journaling either. Here's why. I mm -hmm. have anxiety. Mm -hmm. This is so crazy. I have anxiety with dated mm -hmm. books. If I have dated, yeah, books. if I have books that say like read mm -hmm. day one, day two, day three, or things that say write down every day, that because if I miss a day or two, I feel like a failure. Mm, um, yes. So, and then writing, I haven't written in a long time. So just writing out my thoughts. Um, mm -hmm. But I was going to therapy for a while. I um, needed mm -hmm. to step back for budget reasons as well as expensive. And the one thing mm -hmm. she said to me is the cheapest form of therapy, if you can't come to me, is at least to journal. And so I said, mm -hmm. well, I've got to figure out how to get these thoughts out in a way that mm -hmm. makes sense to me. So there's an app called Day One. I love this app. Mm -hmm. It gives oh. me a reminder to write. So you can, the reason why I like it is because you can record, you can write, or you can oh. take a picture. And write, I mean, like you can type it. Wow. So for me, sometimes I just want to take a picture and I just take a picture of something that reminds me of that day. Or sometimes I just record some thoughts and then sometimes I just write. And sometimes I do nothing. I like that. that I actually like that. <laughs> I don't know if it's me, but I struggle. Like you said, I struggle with that. Like, don't judge me. But like, I was like, okay, I talked to one of my friends and she said she was reading the Bible in a year. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. And that was like, it's very can't do it. <laughs> Guess how many days I've missed. Right. It's really bad. I've missed, I've missed 71 right. days. Right. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. But yeah, but yeah, I, I struggle with that as well. I'm going to check that out because like you said, I don't, I can't always sit and actually write down things but I can't like if I can hear myself speak I could just as I'm speaking I could record yes. it that works I like that so that was one of my questions oh okay so um 
What is um, one book that you've read more than once? Nice Girls Don't Get the Corner Office. One of my favorite books anytime I have a mentee or someone going into their first time career or even seasoned career. I think it is an amazing Mm -hmm. book to read. That's so funny because as I was going through your website, I remember hearing about this book a while ago, but like I kept seeing it. I was like, you know what? So I put it on my Google books, playbooks. And so that it's on my queue. I definitely want to read that because <laughs> politeness has come up in my conversation with one of my close friends. And we talked about um, how sometimes n- being nice, you don't get things done, you know? Right. Now, I don't think that you should completely change who you are, right? Because you don't want to be mm-hmm. the opposite. Um, yeah. But, and it talks more, not even just about being nice, it talks about not being the lady that has the candy dish at your desk so that Mm. everyone sees you as a candy lady. Um, You know, just little things that we can do. Now, Mm -hmm. I don't agree with completely everything in the book. I think that you can find your own path, but I, Mm -hmm. um, I was so blessed when I first started working. So my first real job, I worked for arena football team in Macon. Um, called mm-hmm. the Make a Night. Hey! Yeah. So I had a, um, and she's a friend to me. She's still my friend to this day. She pulled me aside and mm-hmm. um, like my second day there, I was so intimidated by her because she was so beautiful. She just like looked so professional. It was like, first, and I'm still in school. So this is my first like professional job, but I'm actually still in college. And I went to Macon State. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And she pulled me aside and said, look, here are your rules. Here's what you do. Here's what you don't do. Here's what you can do. Here's what you can't do. As a black woman in corporate America, here are the things that you can do. Here's what you can't do. And Mm -hmm. that just helped me along the way. So when I read this book, there were so many things that she said to me. And I was just grateful that I had that. But I recognize a lot of people didn't have someone that pulled them aside. So I always Mm -hmm. recommend the book. And there's a new version of the book I read, of course, years ago. There's a new version of the book that has some worksheet work part for it, but it, it definitely is a book that just makes you look at um, in the workplace, how women are viewed and um, mm-hmm. nice does not get you promoted and doing all the hard work and not cultivating relationships that don't get you promoted either. So it's like the balance of work. Yeah. It's like the balance of that. So I think like that book really does good. Um, I, I haven't read it in a while, but that I have read that over and over again. That's what, what book that I do recommend to a lot of people. I need to read that book. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to read it. I think I'm going to do the audible, yeah. but yeah, I'm going to, I definitely want to read it because this has come up for me recently. Yeah. Cause like, you, no matter how hard you work sometimes that doesn't get the message across. Like, it's not always for your best self, you know? No, I, I, don't know how I to work do. in an agency and I can tell you, I've seen over the years, I have coworkers who work so hard. They are the best at what they do, but they're head down mm-hmm. in work and they get bypassed for a lot of things because they don't toot their own horn. They don't stand up for themselves. They don't do certain things that um, put you in some of those leadership roles. They don't try to create relationships out of the, out of different departments. Um, you know, they're just head down work, work, work. And nothing's wrong with that. Mm-hmm. It's just, um, it also goes back to defining your own success. If you are comfortable in the role that you're in and you want to just do the work and you don't want to move up and all those things, then great, that's perfect. But if you do want to move up, you have to know that moving up in your career is not just about your work. Yeah. And I like 
that too because because I think like when I was working a lot in the beginning of my career and stuff like that I worked hard like you said but I didn't get noticed but at the time I just thought working hard eventually people would see me yes that is the thing that is not a true statement yeah it's not but yeah you're right wow so I want to talk about because you know we have a lot of people there's so many different doctrines of entrepreneurship success out there right So I appreciate you because you talk about entrepreneurship while working, while being employed. Um, And because like sometimes there's so much pressure and like people telling you you need to quit and just like dedicate, but not everybody is the same. Right. right? So tell me about and you I know you like I've heard you talk about it. So you're comfortable. I don't know if you're comfortable, but yeah, tell me about like that. Like what made you um, create a space where you, and I know you have the shirts, what made you create that platform where you, you, you're an advocate for entrepreneurship and employee, being an employee? It was by accident. So I was a full-time entrepreneur. <clears throat> I got laid off from a job in 08. I was a full-time entrepreneur for four years. Mm-hmm. Um. I was married. Well, I had, a, I had a significant other. We were in business together. It was right before we got married. Mm-hmm. Um, and with him, he had children. But we didn't have kids together. So we didn't mm-hmm. have kids in the house, right? So we didn't, our, basically my point is our responsibilities were different. We could eat um, ramen noodles and peanut butter and jelly and um, not mm-hmm. have any furniture and grind out on business. So, yeah. That was fine. Now, my husband is very different than me. He is a full-time entrepreneur at heart. He is, I don't even see him working for anyone. He's kind of unemployable. He um, is really um, a risk taker and all of those things. I was two until I had my own child. And so I Mm. found myself married. And then in a year, um, a few months later, we had our daughter. And um, mm-hmm. the world was changing. So the recession was hitting and we didn't get caught up in the recession in our business until a little bit later. And um, mm-hmm. we basically lost everything. <clears throat> so we were almost homeless. We were living house to house with a few friends and then finally moved back in with my parents. So I'm moving back home with now to, in my room that looked like um, what I left it in high school. My parents mm-hmm. didn't lose anything. So I, I look like, you know, and I'm now bringing my husband and my daughter. And for me, that was my rock bottom. And mm-hmm. knew that in the name of entrepreneurship, I couldn't sacrifice my family. So mm-hmm. one good yeah. thing, though, is to me, any person that was an entrepreneur or is an entrepreneur has project management skills. Because there are a lot of hats that you have to wear. Yes. There are a lot of things that you have to juggle to make things, make sure clients get what they need and you get what you need and you pay your taxes and all of that stuff. So I don't know what made me do it, but I started applying for project manager jobs is what really happened um, and mm-hmm. fell into an account manager role, which was more of a hybrid, right? So I had customers and then I had projects I had to work on. And I realized my skill sets mm-hmm. were in project management. And so I went back to work in 2012. And to your story you mentioned earlier, I had n- not been in the corporate America. Are you there? Yes, I am. Are you Sorry. there? Oh, 
It's okay. Popular. So when I went to work, I was like, I felt like a failure because at the time our business we had was helping people start businesses and we were full-time entrepreneurs. So how was I going to go back to work? Right? Like I felt like a failure. I felt like I don't want anyone to know about pink boss. I don't want anyone to know about any business that I've ever had. I'm just going to go to work and like head down and focus on my career. But what I didn't do Mm -hmm. was change my LinkedIn. So when I got to the job within like two or three weeks, I'm in the break room and this one girl walks up to me and says, Hey, I do wedding photography. I would love for you to like have lunch and talk about how I can do that while I'm working. And I'm like, okay, how she knew that fine. So um, (laughs) another, yep. So I meet with her and help her. And then another friend of hers comes and said, Oh, someone said you helped her. I want to start, I want to start baking cupcakes on the side. How do I do that? Next thing I know, I'm doing these consultations at lunch about how to get an LLC, why is it important, all of those things. Um, And I realized there were a group of people that liked their jobs. Like sometimes there's a big deal that people hate their jobs and you should start a business. But I was meeting women that loved their jobs. They loved their careers. They made great Mm -hmm. money, but they had an entrepreneurial spirit. And at the time, Mm -hmm. the, the word side hustle was like a negative kind of thing. Um, moonlighting was a word Mm -hmm. that was used a lot back then moonlighting just meant you typically did the exact same thing after work Um, and I just felt Mm -hmm. like there was a a targeted there was a group of people that people were neglecting people that actually liked working or Mm -hmm. wanted to work for whatever reasons for their family Mm -hmm. um, but wanted to pursue entrepreneurial things and so I wanted to speak out for them because I felt like I was talking to people that didn't have a voice or didn't want to say because it Oh, the other thing too, is when I posted on Facebook that I was working. So I'm like a year or two in now working that I felt a little bit more comfortable mm-hmm. saying my job or my employer. I think I posted a picture at my cube or something. I had like three people <clears throat> who I admire, who are full-time, who are full-time entrepreneurs at that time that sent me inbox messages that said, oh my gosh, that they had been working for the past year. And <clears throat> excuse me, it upset me because I felt like they were putting out there this persona that they are making it with their business and they were working on the side and nothing's wrong with that. And I felt like the job shaming was so much that I decided to make it my F my point and mission to talk about, I do both and telling people it's okay to do both. I have people call me that literally just want me to give them permission to go back to work because they were a full-time entrepreneur and they need money and their family mm-hmm. needs money. And they literally like, Oh my God, how do I go back to work? So <clears throat> I really felt like the job shaming and stuff had to stop. And so I tried to create a platform where we celebrated mm-hmm. people who did both. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that because you're right because it's so much pressure already as you're navigating um, through your life. And I like how you said people were calling you to ask for permission. They just needed to feel validated yeah. or something. And I realized because right? I, I am not risk adverse like my mm-hmm. husband. <clears throat> he could mm-hmm. um, not go back to work and figure it out. And I, yes, I'm entrepreneurial, but with children and with things mm-hmm. and health um, care. And I like nice things. I like to eat out. I like to buy clothes. I like <laughs> I like what I like. <laughs> so for me, 
Um, will I be a full-time entrepreneur one day? Yes, probably again. I will probably do it when my daughter goes to college. Um, but right now for me, I'm, I'm okay with getting my 401k and my nine to five check and all of that. And right now during this pandemic, to me, the people are winning are the ones who did keep their full-time job and had their business. Um, and for me, I also realized too, that there's some, at this point in my life, I don't want to, um, build a business I can't handle. I don't want to take on too many clients. I don't want to be pressured into doing that and to performing when I don't want to perform in business. I want to kind of ebb and flow my business when mm-hmm. I want to. So if I'm going to do that, I have to have other means of income, right? So for me, that's working. And also like, I think about how, for me, like in the different spaces, like if I take any project, cause I was working in, doing entrepreneurship last year too but like what helped me was the fact that it was like my job and my gigs were like they flowed you know what I'm saying like I was able to use some tools or like and you know one of the biggest things is connecting people I was able to connect people um in different spaces to come together like so these things like those are the things that you know I didn't realize it till I was doing it like whoa they're all in alignment. They're, I'm actually making it easier for myself and for others as I'm flowing through yes, this cycle, you know? Yeah. Um, another question I had, because I remember you read the yeah. book Digital Minimalism. And um, how do you navigate, like, I, I, like, in order for you, because that's a lot, right? Like, you, do you feel that way or? Like where you have to like focus on your one gig, I mean, your job, then disconnect and then focus on yes. the ping boss or focus <clears throat> yes. on Divas. I don't defense. do well multitasking. So, um, I also don't do well uh-huh. multitasking, multitasking throughout the day on things. Let me give you an example. I can't um, mm-hmm. do my nine to five work, build out a project, take a Divas and Defense call, uh, cook lunch and then finish my nine to five work. I don't do well like that. Some people can do it, but I have yeah. learned over the years, I'm going to mess it up. I'm going to get frustrated. I don't do well. Now, do I have to wear all those hats in a day? Yes. So I literally have to mm-hmm. take the hat off, right? So when I am done with my nine to five or I'm taking a break throughout the day or I'm doing something, I literally have to log off my computer. I get up mm. and I get up yeah. from there and then I'm focused on whatever. So whatever that task is at hand. So if that task at hand is lunch with my family, then I am totally in on lunch with my family. I try not to be on my phone. Um, I even bought, because it's mm. so easy to be on your phones, right? So I even bought, um, yep. uh, everyone has their own charging station in their in their rooms that has all your stuff on it, right? So mm. I put mine's in my bedroom. So when it's lunchtime, I will put my phone on the charging station in my bedroom. So I'm, I'm not tempted to get on it. So I, I try to block out my time. Now, digital minimalism is tricky during a pandemic, right? Because I'm not doing as much as I used to, but I do use mm-hmm. um, the screen time. So I have an iPhone. iPhones have mm-hmm. a screen time limitation. I do set that um, and it's for nine o'clock every night. Now, because mm-hmm. of the pandemic, 
I'm not, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. bypassing some of the things I put in place, but it still keeps me in check where I'm not on my phone all day and I'm not on, you know, searching and scrolling and doing all that and reading articles and watching YouTube, like all that stuff that you do all day. Um, so I do set those timers. So for mine, my timer is from nine o'clock until um, eight o'clock in the morning. So basically, if you haven't used that, for people who are listening, if you haven't used that before, what happens is when you try to go to an app, it will say this app is closed until whatever. And you can open it for 15 mm. minutes if you want, or you can open it for the day, like bypass the security you've provided on there. But um, I try to stick by it as much as I can. So I do use that as an option. Um, the other thing is I say out loud to my family because now everyone's in the house. Now we rent, so we don't have that much of a space. Um, so mm -hmm. I say to my family, hey, everyone, it's Tuesday. I have six meetings today. I'm kind of invisible. So if you need anything from me, you need to ask me now. If not, mm -hmm. it's fin for yourself Tuesday because I, like I can't help you until after five. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like so, that. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so if I'm going to start set using boundaries, that. You can't just set boundaries. And if you share space with other people and not mm -hmm. tell the other people your boundaries, mm -hmm. right? And then you've got to kind of stick to them. The yeah. other thing is people, go ahead. I was feeling, I was going to say, I was feeling yeah, it that miserably. But you got to tell people, <laughs> especially your husbands, right? Husbands do not, um, husbands don't read minds. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So you've got to say, hey, yes. I actually cannot give you my attention right now. I've got to focus on this thing. Because again, you're a project mm -hmm. manager. Project management jobs sometimes are so tedious. Mm -hmm. They're not hard, but I got to use all my brain. Mm -hmm. Like I've got to use all my skills in this hour yep. to get this thing done. Yep. So um, creating those boundaries and then sharing those boundaries with my family. And then allowing mm -hmm. my family to create their own boundaries, right? So in teaching them to create boundaries, because I want to make sure my kids can mm -hmm. navigate um our kids are on digital learning too right now so um helping them out figure out how to ebb and flow their workflow too um i realize that's part of my i have to include that in my day because they they're new to digital learning they're they're new to being at home i've been working from home for five years so that wasn't a that wasn't the uh, mm -hmm. a big transition for me the transition for me during this pandemic has been mm -hmm. Um, working from home with everyone home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally get that part. And also, like, for me, in the beginning, it was, you know, like, I work from home and I'm pretty flexible. But the challenge became where I, once in, a, like, a few times a week when I felt like I was home too long, oh, I would yeah. walk to the coffee shop <laughs> or do something. But I've been right. home since March 9th. <laughs> But yeah, um, and then I'm home with my husband and he sometimes takes his call, his business calls. And the thing is like, it's like, sometimes I I try, I can't disconnect because I'm like, if I feel like someone is like talking to him some type of way, what? I might feel like, wait a minute. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I need to wear my headphones, you know, <laughs> I want to disconnect. Yeah, it's funny, that, my husband says, um, so, so yeah. I don't prefer headphones. I Usually no one's home when mm -hmm. I'm working. So I do conference calls mm -hmm. a lot. I like them to be on speaker. Well, mm -hmm. I share space. Mm -hmm. And my husband's like, can you use mm -hmm. your AirPods that we bought you? So <laughs> I'm trying, <laughs> I have to make my own adjustments too with everyone home. 
And that messes the flow too, by the way. Like you're like, man, this is how. Well, for me, we I'm like, this is how I get in my groove. To my laptop, and sometimes it doesn't work on Zoom. Like I'd rather just speak freely, and then I also talk back to my computer sometimes throughout the day. Um, I and now everyone's home, and they think I'm crazy. But I've been doing this, so I just have to adjust because everyone's home right now. I appreciate it. I appreciate no, knowing we're not no, alone. We're all figuring it out. <laughs> and and you know what's funny too? Like ever since like we've been doing a lot of zoom calls and all these webinars and all of these things. I have cherished oh my, my morning time yeah. more better. Like the moment between me waking up and touching my phone is so sacred to me because as soon as I touch my phone or my laptop, yes. I feel like the world is yeah, like, I okay. I agree with that. So that yes. Um, and my, so we're wrapping up. So one of the last questions I had um, was like, do, have you seen anything where like people are learning to navigate through imposter syndrome during this pandemic? Do you feel like that's, a, mm. is, has that come up? So that hasn't come up. I have done two speaking engagements about imposter syndrome and talked to people during the pandemic. I haven't really been able to talk to a lot of people during the pandemic about imposter syndrome until those two um, speaking engagements, which were this week. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> what I'm hearing is um, people just not having the tools or knowing how to do the self-reflecting. So self-reflecting comes so natural to me. Mm -hmm. I take for granted that a lot of people don't know how to sit still with themselves and really reflect. Um, so mm -hmm. I That's think um, I have a really big speaking engagement on um, Tuesday with General Assembly and I'm going to give some tools. So I'll give those tools here. So, so yes. two things I think people should do is okay. one, write down what their, their strengths, like what, what they're great at. I think sometimes we focus on such negative things and what we can't mm -hmm. do that we never focus on what we can do. Mm -hmm. So writing down those things, um, someone did mm -hmm. say on my last speaking engagement, um, well, what if I don't know that? Okay, well, ask. So you have friends and family. Ask them, what do they think your strengths are? What do they think your talents or skills are? Because oftentimes, you know, we're our worst critic, right? So oftentimes we are not, um, mm -hmm. we're, we're too hard on ourselves. So asking them, if you don't, if you can't write a list down, ask. Yeah. The second tool is <clears throat> to create mm -hmm. a, an anti-fraud box. So um, get a shoebox, get something, a basket. I don't care what it is. And cut out, print off, take pictures of your accolades and things you've made success in, big or small, throw them in there. Mm -hmm. um, testimonials people have mm -hmm. given to you. If you don't have them, ask for some. If you're in business, you should be having testimonials. Um, or if this is a, if you're a career person mm -hmm. only, then asking for feedback from your bosses of what things you did great at. Cut, print out that email, cut it out and put it in this mm -hmm. box. Because when you feel like an imposter, you should be able to go somewhere mm -hmm. to read these things to remind yourself. Um, one young lady said mm -hmm. she had a win wall. So she doesn't want to do the box. She has a cork board where she posts those things up so she can see it. So well, no matter where you put it, oh wow! Good. Celebrate your wins. Your small, mm -hmm. from small to large, <clears throat> and old, mm -hmm. right? Because there's some things you've done eight years ago mm -hmm. that were phenomenal, but because now you're so, because we're so busy, we're mm -hmm. so focused on going from thing to thing to thing that we don't ever take the time to celebrate those things to remember mm -hmm. just how dope we really are. So, um, in this pandemic, yeah. some of us are single and by themselves. Some of us are families. Whatever's going on, take some time to self reflect 
there'll never be a time where we'll have pause like this, mm. where the world's on pause. So take the time to self-reflect and see That's what true. areas can you move in? Can you, um, can you build? So if you feel like an imposter in certain areas, mm-hmm. is it some certifications that you can sign up for right now? Mm-hmm. Is it some research? There's a ton of free classes right now that are available. So, you know, but you don't know what to take if you don't know what you need. So writing down that list of things that you're great at That's and true. areas that you think that you do <laughs> have triggers of the imposter syndrome that you can work on while we're, while we're locked down a little bit here. That's awesome. Yeah, I um, I was reading your notes on Atomic Habits and I was like, wow, I didn't even know I practiced one of these because like I have a gratitude jar, <laughs> but it's not a jar. I have like uh, in my email folders, I write gratitude jar, Instagram, different spaces, my Google Keep tab. I have a Google phone so that like every time I have done something, that I'm proud of, yeah. or whether it's an email that was sent that said thank you, that I value, everything goes into like a, a gratitude, quote unquote, gratitude jar folder so that I can look back when I'm having those days where I'm insecure yeah. about like what to do with my life. And, and it helps a lot. Cause I know like it, one of the habits was um, putting the water yeah. around your house or something if you want to drink. Yeah. So like I wanted to surround myself with, you know, um you know like reminders because it's easier to be negative you know when you're feeling down or when I'm feeling down um to remember all the things that I'm not good at you know so yeah your brain unfortunately Mm -hmm. the self-talk you have the statistics show that 70% of self-talk is negative well, the only way you combat that is with positive stuff but you can't just do it one day it's like you can't do it five days in a row and think that your brain just going to be like, okay, now I only think positive. That's just not how it works, right? <laughs> like it's like when you work out, you build triceps and you work out with weights, right? It's a it's a mm-hmm. muscle memory. Yeah. Um. So when you have a negative yeah. thought, you can combat it with something positive, but you have to deposit that positive language within you. So that's why affirmations are great. That's why. You know, so when you're feeling low yeah. or down, you can say back to yourself, but I'm enough, but I'm a badass, I'm dope. Like whatever those things mm-hmm. are, if you don't say them, if you don't deposit that language within your mind, you're not going to be able to combat it. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's definitely needed as people are figuring out their spaces, whether you're starting out as an entrepreneur or whether, you know, you like, I have an idea or whether I'm like starting a new job and I ha- I need to like be my best, like remind putting these reminders and like you said, practicing because um, our brains are muscles and things like that. But I wanted to ask you before we go, where can people find you? Is there anything you want to share yes, with us? So on all social thoughts? media, I am the pink box. Uh, I am a lot more engaged and on IGs in most places. And um, that's it. So with our self-defense mm-hmm. company, we're trying to figure out how we're going to pivot our company, right? So um, our self-defense company is divasindefense.com. Mm-hmm. And we have instructors who are throughout the nation teaching our classes. Awesome sauce. Well, thank you so much, Vanessa. I really appreciated, you know, spending this time with you and learning from you. And having the audience here and 
thank you. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Oh, thank and you have so a much. Great and thank you for having day. me. It's always an honor. And you're such an amazing spirit. And I'm just so glad to be connected to you. I'm glad to be right, connected bye-bye. too. Have a great day. Wasn't she awesome? Don't forget to check her out on her social media platforms and her website. All right, that was it for today. And make sure you tune in next time. I'm not even going to put a date to it because we have the very awesome local marketing guru, JT Marshall. He's gonna, we're, we did an interview with him, so he'll be, um, he'll be there next time. TTYL.